now that I know that you've got these insane totals, mm-hmm. like from back in the day, and you guys know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Like his home, records. Homeboy here can squat and deadlift like a mother. So, mm-hmm. so why are you not doing squat tober? I honestly, I it's just that I forgot about it. Honestly, um, I'm not opposed to doing it. Good morning and welcome to GI and a Cup of Joe. I'm your co-host, Justin C. And I am Annie T. In this podcast, we'd like to take off the rank and get right down to just being a regular person who made a random decision to wear a uniform in the Idaho Army National Guard. All of us come from very different backgrounds, but we do have one common goal, to better our future. And not just to better our future for ourselves, but for our families and the ones we love. Officially, we are Command Sergeant Major Justin Cole and Sergeant First Class Annie Torres, but honestly, I'm just a regular dude. And I'm just a regular girl. How long have you been a powerlifter, Kyle? Well, I wouldn't say I'm a powerlifter, but I was being professionally trained before the National Guard, um, which was in 2015. That's when I joined. So probably the year prior to that. Oh, wow. I was being trained um, by uh, a guy named Big John over there in Nampa. Um, He was my nutritionist and... He had, uh, I had my own personal trainer from him. We meet once a week and, um, he'd set these really easy goals, but also like it was hard. It was definitely yeah. not easy and, um, definitely help had really good built in programs to not only do a lot of weight, but break plateaus, um, get that next 10 pounds in your next workout. Or we had things called volume weeks where we do. Uh, like 70% of the most weight you can do, but you do like twice as many reps. Okay. And then you switch over the next week and you reverse it. So you do, which is like a, like a power week or a strength week and where you do five reps with like 90% or 100% of what weight you can do max. And if you keep flip-flopping that, your body will not adapt to... Um, the weights, which you don't want it to do because then it, what's what it's called a plateau. And then after a while, <clears throat> your, your, your ability to gain strength is a lot more flexible. And I've noticed that like, I kind of play that. I still, even almost 10 years from now, I still play that in. Um, he had me on what's called a reverse diet. I don't think that would work for me anymore being in my thirties. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Um, a lot of food. Oh, is it? A lot of food. <laughs> Maybe I'll like it then. Um, I, is it like pseudo diet, reverse diet, um, not diet? <laughs> it's it works for certain people, and as an he was a licensed nutritionist, so he played a lot of different things before he got to that point. But I remember in the mornings I was eating a dozen eggs. Well, it was not all yolks. It was just like eight whites and like the rest regular. But like um, boiled eggs? No, just cooked. Oh, like regular fight um with olive oil or whatever see i i'm down with that but i do mine raw i do five raw eggs every morning in a shake i'm actually getting that sounds delicious hey i used to think that was really gross with raw eggs you know because you know the stigma like hey chickens are gross and you know whatever it could be disease carried but honestly like after watching like a lot of asian culture and their food habits and how they add more what they they even have in their own like flavor it was umami um they um they have a cool thing where they put like just a raw egg on everything and uh it honestly like i've done it like over rice a raw egg over like a you whip it up 
so it's kind of homogenous. Um, and they just put it on rice, and it's uh, so good. It's, really? Yeah, it's surprisingly good. Did you do competitions and stuff for your? No, I. You did it for fun. I did it for fun. A lot of it was because uh, growing up in high school too. Like, um, I got really fat after because um, I was in like a freshman year in high school. I did all the sports I can think of. I did football. I did track and field, where I did pole vaulting and then sprinting and i was not good at it oh. but <laughs> but then i eventually got into cross country um as like a 14 year old absolutely loved fell in love with it and it kind of trickled on into my adult life it's kind of a, a hidden gem for me um, no kidding cross country mm-hmm. see that was that was one thing that i wanted to talk to you about and maybe not today but this triggers it anytime that you and i've been running on the track mm-hmm. You have a cross-country gait. Mm-hmm. You have a very long gait, mm-hmm. like, to your run. Right. And I've, I've kind of, over time, and as much as I've ran, um, a lot of it is, like, it's a mental thing, right? They, they tell us all, all the time, but a lot of people can't get over that concept. Is um, It's very good for me, um, especially having some kind of, like, whatever trauma I've had in the past or whatever, I can dissociate. And that's the best thing for, um, in my opinion, running long distances is because after a while, you stop focusing on the effort and pain and energy going into running and you, you kind of just, it's almost like a dreamlike state where you're in a trance, you're just like, oh, what's over there? That looks really pretty. That Or what's going on today? I wonder, wonder what I can do about this. And I, I swear, like I've had things even here as an S6 working um, troubleshooting and stuff for it stuff. I found that I can troubleshoot. I'm troubleshoot better if I just step away and I go run. And I, I've done this numerous times where I get run, run back to the truck and I call the person that I was working on a, a really difficult situation. Right. And then, um, <clears throat> I was able to troubleshoot it in my head running six, seven miles. And I come out and I'm like, Oh, Hey, that's what it was. Holy crap. I forgot about that. It's just, it kind of unkinks the knots for me, um, there's a lot of cool things with running that I found. Not only is it good for my health, but it's definitely just good to get out there. And that's, I'm a homebody. Um, I Same. Don't, yeah, I do not like, I have a long recharge time for when I come around people. So I'm definitely an introvert on in that aspect. So also IT is why I thrive in that. And then, um, of course, I'm working on my bachelor's right now for software engineering which is even more hermit style living than IT. That's crazy. When you told me you were going to go for that, I was like, are you kidding me? I, I will admit it, it was, it's a very daunting thing because you is so unknown to a lot of people because it's very niche. Right. But I found myself yesterday doing schoolwork and, um, I ended up doing, I got home from the mother-in-laws yesterday, uh, around one o'clock and, I just sat there at the computer coding until almost 10:30, and I didn't wow. know what time it was. I was like, "Oh, it's dark outside," and uh, I didn't eat. I didn't whatever. I just t- totally lost track of time, like I'm playing a video game or something. But no, it was completely one of those very lucid feeling things where it's hard to get me into those kind of situations. like a meditation almost. Yeah, it's like almost like a trance, like running. Yeah, and uh, there's very few things in my life that can actually make me focus that long. And that's just one of them. So that's why I kind of stuck with that. And it's extremely rewarding when something works. 
now if I showed you what I did and what is actually the outcome of that, you'd be like, oh, wow. It's, <laughs> it, it, prints, it prints a menu and you can select through it. And that's literally all I did yesterday. But to me, it's rewarding. Um, I have a lot of aspirations to um, build something really constructive, whether it be a very good piece of software that we can use in the battalion. Um, one of it that I'm trying to work towards right now is inventory management. Um, I do like logistics. I've tried to do e-commerce for a little bit. It's very fun to me. I like um, it too. It's it's a lot of unknowns to it too. Um, a lot of research and and whatnot. And then, um, but uh, also, I just like I like that kind of feel, like like tracking, like organizing. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm not very good at it, but I like I like learning about it for whatever reason. To me, that's like it gives me not only that feeling of legacy. I think everyone wants their their place in their world. Yeah, not their name on the um, wall. But it also gives me what I desire is purpose. Sure. Um, and that keeps me driving. Like that, just that that big goal out there that I want to make something that anyone can benefit from. Give me positive feedback. I don't know why. It's not necessarily a good thing to want that, but at the same time, that's kind of what I desire. Right. And um, I think a lot of people are kind of lost. I've seen people where they don't have any goals. They're just kind of walking through life. And that was me, like, maybe earlier on after high school. Didn't have really any kind of goals set. And I kind of I worked at Walmart for 10 years almost. After high school you did? Mm-hmm. Up until I joined the Guard. So you don't go to college or anything? I tried going to college. Okay. I went to, I went to ITT Tech before they closed. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, they literally shut their doors when I was going there. Nice. So I was a semester away from getting my associates oh, in IT. Man. Yeah. It was a really kick in the teeth. But was, they got a lawsuit, and they, I got all that money back. So it's not like I lost anything but time. I, got, I, lot, I gained a lot of skills along the road. I've always been um, good with computers. Computers have been around since the 90s, and kind of grew up with them like even in high school you were into computers correct yeah yeah so i was able to um kind of thrive with that um a lot of people didn't know how to troubleshoot correctly and even then i was really good with that um and then of course i joined the military what made you want to join the military um i think it was about the same thing i was telling you about earlier where i just needed to find my purpose i needed to find my thing it was a little in high school of course i graduated in 06 um which is still at the height of um like the war in um, the middle east and all that stuff so i was always worried even as an 18 year old going through the high school and whatnot of being potentially drafted right and that was the biggest fear for me because i'm actually homosexual and being drafted into the military at that time was very scary. I bet. Oh, yeah. Because, like, um, the one thing we were always told is, like, the don't ask, don't tell thing. And, of course, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. But I didn't know that. And so I was always on edge and didn't tell anyone that. I didn't open up about that kind of stuff about me back then. Honestly, after being in here for so long, um, I'd say that, that that doesn't even exist. That's not even a question in anyone's mind. In fact, this is probably the safest place I've ever felt and like anywhere I've ever worked. I can be open. I can be myself and also do a really good job here and get experience a lot of cool things that civilians can't. So, Heck yeah. Yeah. What kind of hesitations did you have? I know you talked, you were worried about being drafted, mm-hmm. right? 
in the Don't Ask, Don't Tell, what kind of hesitations did you specifically have about your decision to raise your right hand? A lot of the hesitations would be um, that I would have to wear that permanent mask. Not to be like super emotional about or be really fixated on the whole um, homosexuality thing, but it's it's definitely a stigma that you have to like carry throughout all my life, like well throughout anyone's life that it's you know different from everyone else. Um, you're always perceived as being weaker or uh, feminine or way too emotional and sensitive, and I was afraid that I would not be effective. And then I had that built into my baked into myself so much that I had to pretend that I was stronger, be more masculine, all that stuff. If I were to, my my fear about joining the military at that time too is that I'm always going to perceive myself as, or I think I'm perceiving myself as masculine, but I'm actually way more feminine or I don't do what everyone, all the other guys do and they don't understand. So I didn't want to get into that situation and make it awkward. And then of course, just the, um, there's always the thing of thinking about being, getting violence or discriminated against right. as well. Well, you seem like, and maybe that's because it's the setting, but you seem very open about being gay. Mm-hmm. Have you always been open? No, negative, no. Like in high school? No, it wasn't a thing at all. Um, I can't even remember when I first started with recruiting, I was still really hesitant to tell. I, I told maybe one person, and it was like that for a couple of years. And then, of course, I met my husband uh, working here, um, not from the National Guard, but in civilian life. And of course, it just it dawned on me like I'm in my 30s and I finally meet someone um, and I was really scared that people will find out. So I was at, the, at a part of me, I was just like, it's not not something I should be worried about anymore. And if it is, then it's not my problem. So I got that off of me, um, my shoulders, and it was a, a huge relief. Um, by that, I mean, we posted stuff on social media like places we've gone together. Yeah. Um, we were just completely open about what we're doing and our relationship. And uh, I think it paid off in the end too. Cause like I'm not, I don't have that burden anymore. That stigma, what I thought was, it never really was a thing. Yeah. Huge weight off your shoulders. Correct. Now it's not like that everywhere. I'll give you that. It's definitely a hot topic nowadays. Um, so I'm always on edge about that. But at the same time, this is probably, like I said, the safest place I've ever been. And it is definitely like paid off dividends and everything on that aspect. So I can not focus so much on those things and focus more on like professionalism, leadership, what becomes to become a good leader, whatnot. And then because will, that's the stuff that matters, Kyle. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So have you found support? Right. You raised your right hand. Um, you've been open, mm-hmm. right? You're homosexual. Have you found support in your unit? Have you found support in the unit you're currently in? Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's never been an, a situation where it was a, a negative experience from that. Um, there's not much at all said about it. And I feel like that's the best thing. Um, I don't want to be treated differently. Not even I don't want to have any specialties with that. I just want to be treated just like everyone else. And I think that's what Do you feel you are? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's a cool thing here. Like there's, I feel equal. 
And that's all I think everyone wants. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's way awesome. And for the record, Kyle, I love Derek to death. He's <laughs> he's awesome. Awesome. And I see how happy you are. So I'm glad you guys found each other. Yeah, it was definitely a long time waiting. So. Okay, so um, you were telling a section of this story earlier, and I didn't want to interrupt you, mm-hmm. right? Um, so every year in February, the G1, mm-hmm. right, which is um, the personnel branch, mm-hmm. they ask or they, they, they email me and they say, how's your year going in recruiting and what are you going to end the year with, right? Mm-hmm. And my first response in my head is like, it's February. The end of the year is October. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say to that? Hey, sit down. Right? So, like, so let's have some patience, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Four years ago, I asked you to create an Excel tracker, and we call it the K Gibbs oh, tracker. I remember that. Remember that? The, oh, pivot, yeah. the pivot table? Oh, yeah. And I use that still today. Oh, awesome. Okay. And I've used it every year. Mm-hmm. So in on February 17th, I input the data mm-hmm. from the computer system into the K Gibbs tracker. Okay. <laughs> and it said we would end at 271 this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I emailed G1, and I said, yeah, we're going to get about 271. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended at two sixty nine oh, this year. Wow, within wow. two. Okay, and this is the worst year of the three years that I've done it. Mm-hmm. The two years prior to this, I hit it to the number using your Excel tracker. Holy cow! So I'm just throwing out some kudos, and I'm pimping any other uh, command team in the Army National Guard. <laughs> it's about one hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> right? And we will make you a KGIT tracker. Make okay? it payable to Justin Cole. That's right. It's <laughs> amazing. But anyway legitimately that pivot table does that i honestly forgot about that yeah until you just brought that up i I've you're talking moved. about coding and all your things right right and yeah. you created something and it took you like maybe 72 hours right mm-hmm. i think i asked for it on a monday you had it on a thursday it mm-hmm. came color-coded uh even threw some star wars stuff in there mm-hmm. too right yeah. it was legit oh yeah it was legit and it predicts where we're going to end the year at that's amazing like in the fifth month of the year. That's insane. Yeah, and I so, had a ton of fun making that. So that's probably why it turned out the way it did, is that that's definitely what I enjoy doing. And I I, I knew that at, at the time, too, because that's when I was in the... Um, when I was seeking out a, a bachelor's and uh, just computer science, so IT, just, just IT-related stuff. And I changed my major soon after that because I found, holy crap, I think that's not my calling. This is... And because I had so much fun, I remember sitting down with Derek and I'd be like, Hey, check this out. How does this look? And, uh, definitely would get a lot of feedback from him, um, as far as like user functionality. Um, but definitely I was like, that is actually what brought me to where I'm at right now. Really? Yeah. And, and not only did it help me with like, um, getting a, a better job here in recruiting, but it definitely, um, yeah, it still pays dividends right now. It's just uh, how much or how fast I learned that, um, that skill set and how much I enjoyed it. I learned that class in college, the Excel class mm-hmm. in two weeks and <laughs> really? I, and I tested out of it. Um, and I didn't know anything going into it. So I, that's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I just loved it that much. And I was like, didn't you join the guard though, to be something else? You didn't, your job wasn't it when you first joined, right? It was personnel. Well, no. So I did a couple different things in the military, um, my first, uh, job in the military was a, um, um, was an analyst, an Intel analyst. Oh, um, it sounded cool to me. <laughs> right. You're a spook. Uh, yeah. So first Sergeant, um, Velasquez, 
uh, was my recruiter, um, but, but now he's my boss. Uh, he, he gave it to me as like, oh, well, that's really cool. It's a very secret squirrel. You're going to have like a cool security clearance and you're going to find it. But I find out that it's, it's cool in its own aspect, but it wasn't definitely what I liked. Um, so I went into um, a more IT field related um, intelligence uh, job, which was um, a systems maintainer and integrator which feeds big words. Yeah. It's basically an IT uh, like system administrator for Intel systems. So you do SATCOMs, you do networking, you do server, you build servers for people to run their software on. And then you make sure like we did a bunch of other stuff like generator maintenance and stuff because the S2 does not know how to run a generator. Um, but and then so facts that's a little bit funny yeah it's yeah they don't come in with those skill sets so it's definitely a something you just do and of course that's one of those things that showed me shown a light on me how much i how well i was able to troubleshoot because they require you to get through that course and half the course is literally just troubleshooting they will purposely break your stuff they will break your servers they'll break your computers and it is your job to figure out how to fix it so you catalog all the changes you've done, and if that didn't work, you go back, change it back, and then keep doing it. So you just it's a lot of trial and error, but at the same time, you start to figure out things. Things will pop out immediately to you. Oh, it's like, oh, it's that, definitely. But um, yeah, and then, of course, right now I'm working on, um, well, I actually got selected for the warrant position for that 35 Tango, which is the system uh, integrator. Um, and then warrant officer, Kyle. Yeah, nice. I got the job here in um, an AGR slot here at um, recruiting as a 25 Bravo, which is this um, um, systems administrator here for IT. And uh, so I manage all the, the IT equipment here for recruiting, which is about around 100 users. And I thought that was like more my forte. Do you still feel it's more your forte? It definitely is. It's still. A really good skill set of mine. Um, I do enjoy it. It's. I do want to spread my wings eventually. Um, of course, they don't have any kind of software-related jobs here in the military that I'm aware of. Um, but definitely, maybe I'll even come back one day and you'll see like, oh, someone's running my software for you guys, and I would love that. That'd be. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I want to go over to JBLM. I want to work with them. Um, that's kind of my goal and <clears throat> that'd be kind of cool that it comes full circle that I'm just helping out the military even after the fact. Yeah. Cause you guys have helped me out most of my, well, the greater part of almost 10 years now. And I just want to keep that going forward, pay it forward. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're not going to skip over the fact that, uh, first Sergeant Velasquez <laughs> recruited <laughs> you. Yeah. I want to make sure I want to get that out if there. So if you were going to bring it up, I would. <laughs> v, if you are listening, uh, Kyle says you recruited him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just want to add, there's something magical to your job because I know in my office, when my computer doesn't work, I yell for you down the hall and you walk into my office and it magically works. So I call it nothing touch. happens other than Kyle walks into the room and it works. It, it happens more than often and I don't know what to it call it. It frustrates me so much. It, it, it makes, it, I know, I can understand why it frustrates you but because it's <laughs> definitely something that you thought that you were doing and it really wasn't. It just <laughs> happened and coincidentally fixed itself as sure, I Kyle. came in. I, I call it the touch. I, just, like, I think just, you're magic, Kyle. It's an aura of... <laughs> 
fixing things, I guess. I don't know. I well, you're appreciated. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to take a step back here. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you a really important question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is Sasquatch real? I think so, especially after hearing so many eyewitness accounts. Um, it's hard to believe that. You like rolled your eyes when you said eyewitness. <laughs> well, I don't have any experiences for myself. I want to believe, that's for sure. It'd be really cool um, if there was something completely mysticizing uh, or mystic around us that were was somehow eluding all of us, but also existed at the same time. But then, no, I I would want to believe that. You just like analytically destroyed the <laughs> argument for Sasquatch is real, like, well, <laughs> like in 20 seconds. Way to go, Kyle. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. We stepped on the Sergeant Major's grass. So if you don't know what that means, if you uh, see grass on a military base, you, you just don't step on it. No. Nope. Somebody will yell at you, somebody with the rank of Sergeant Major. So. Oh, my gosh. So and we're going to... Oh. Just... I've never yelled at anybody for walking on grass. Pretty I just sure. want that out there. I promise you. <laughs> okay. I believe you. Okay. Uh, but he has the potential to yell at you yes. for walking on grass. <laughs> so we're going to do some explanations on some of the acronyms we use today so you guys will understand. So Kyle, um, explain what the S2 and the S6 is. Uh, so the S2 um, and the S6. So those sections are specific things that they do um, as far as uh, what their jobs and roles and responsibilities are. Um, the S2 is more of managing security clearances, uh, information security, any kind of security related to classification levels. Uh, so you're going to have, for example, if someone needs access to, for say, a network and they've, they're not been blessed off for whatever reason, you, you have your S2 uh, or G2, which is an, the higher echelon to that check their their security clearances and whether or not they're valid or not or if they have any other things that are um, wouldn't uh, let them uh, access to that system for whatever reason and they would bounce that back off of you okay yeah and then the sx would be that's what i do um so that's um it's going to be your network and administrators for um anything kind of it related phone related any kind of um your computer geeks Right. Anything networking, um, getting things connected and communicating to each other. Perfect. Everything that I am not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Justin, you said end of year. What do you mean by that? Uh, so end of year in recruiting goes off the fiscal year. Um, and we are October to October. So September 29th is technically the end of our fiscal year. And October 1st, uh, we jump right out and it's the beginning of the new, the new recruiting year. Okay. Um, same as it's the same year schedule as the budget for the military. So gotcha. That's how we work. And it. you said uh, the number two seventy one. Uh, every year, uh, recruiting and retention battalions are giving a set number from National Guard Bureau on how many enlistments they're supposed to get. Uh, so two seventy one was the number. Uh, we were actually given two fifty two this year for the state of Idaho. Uh, and so when I said uh, two seventy one, that was our projected end of year enlistment count. Nice. And uh, because of uh, I use Kate Gibbs. Another plug for you because we used your thing. Came up with 269. So. Nice. nice. Yeah. Very good. Um, you said the word spook for an MOS? Um, so oh. anybody in a 35 series Intel, there's like a whole subculture of these guys that have like the little ghost uh, uh, figure. And I'm sure if you get on Twitter and you look up, um, you can you can look up 35 series uh, Intel in the United States Army and you'll see the ghost 
picture, and they just naturally call those guys spooks. So anybody that that works in that counterintelligence, uh, military intel world, they're, they've got a nickname of spook. Very good. And SATCOM, Kyle, you use that word. Yes. Uh, so that would be satellite communications. So you're, you would be... Um, that would be anything related to networking through that system. So you'd be using not only a, a machine or a trailer that has an actual parabolic dish that communicates to a satellite in outer space, which is also, it's like your wife home Wi-Fi router, right? Okay. It, you know, it's connected to a physical line. Well, it's emulating the same thing, but uh, with a radio signal. Gotcha. So it's just bouncing that up in the air bouncing it back down to wherever it needs to go, and then vice versa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke about being a warrant officer. Correct. Yeah. So um, in f- terms of like rank structure, um, w- warrant officers are in the middle between enlisted and officer. So, and and uh, we say NCO a lot here, but it's a non-commissioned officer. So you have all your enlisted ranks from uh, all the way from E1 to E9, but then you have warrant officers that start from W01 all the way up to W05, which is the most they can have. And my my I don't know if that's right or not. But um, but then officers of course have their own like same exact thing too. So but they're even they outrank and all warrants, but warrants outrank all of enlistment. Okay. Uh, Justin, you want to hit on AGR, what an AGR is? Uh, so AGR is stands for Active Guard or Reserve. Uh, and AGR is um, the Reserves and the Army National Guard have AGR positions, Active Guard and Reserve positions. And it is basically active duty military, same, same benefits that you would get if you joined active duty. Um, that's what AGR is. And the AGR core in every state is about 10%. So Idaho has roughly 3,400 uh, uh, M-Day soldiers in it. So one week in a month, two weeks in the summertime soldiers. So we are allotted or authorized 340 to 350 full-time AGR positions. And those are the positions statewide that um, basically keep the state running in between drill weekends. Okay. So. Okay. And then Kyle, um, JBLM, what is that? JBLM um, is kind of where I've heard where people, well, that's where they go to to learn a new skill set before they retire, right? But I also hear that um, JBLM is, it's in, in Washington, um, that they they produce and they have contracts that they, pr- they produce either software, hardware, um, stuff that they, their dis- um, what their military uh, requires that they can't build themselves. So they, they help support that. I don't know the exact definition to that acronym. Joint Base Lewis McCord. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's near Seattle. Mm-hmm. So they combined Fort Lewis and McCord Air Force Base into Joint Base. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank our guests and our production crew for their time. Join us every Wednesday here on GI and a Cup of Joe. See you next week.